You're listening to Real Crime, the Movie Sleuth Podcast. Old man Scott here. Yes, you're ancient. With 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 my uh, son Chris, <laughs> Mr. Chris George, in uh, the corner here. You're so old. I feel, dude. Have you seen my beard? Like, like I don't really have much of a beard. I kind of have this. What do you call it? The goatee. Yeah. Have you seen this thing lately? The scrotee. It's like the whole. It's like the black, scrotee. dude. The scrotee. <laughs> Very puny. It's like black. Right. Fuck you. It's all black <laughs> back here, but the front, like, it's like a cover. It's all gray hair now. Yeah. So you know, and when I grew my beard out, you know, I had that horrible thing going for a while. You guys all saw it. Yeah, people would see me. They're like, "Dude, you got a lot of gray." Well, fuck you. Well, fuck you. Right. So fuck you. Especially this week, I feel like old man Scott with my son Chris. <laughs> The lovely Kirsten in the corner there. Hello. Hi. And the lovely, the most lovely man I know, Mr. Andrew. <laughs> the bald-headed bear. The bald- <laughs> <laughs> The bald is- Polak. From Claire <laughs> County. <laughs> this is Real Crime, and we're back for another action-packed week. Um, and traditionally, we always start, and we're not going to break any tradition this week whatsoever. Tradition. Uh, Chris is more beat up looking than I am right now, actually. Dude, I feel like I got hit by a bus. Every yeah. time, yeah, I don't think it can get any worse than it does. The guy, the guy he, you know, he come limping in. He's on a crutch on the right side of his body <laughs> this week. Uh, you know, a couple black guys, fat, let the usual. Uh, out on the street. Just fucking motherfuckers up, dude. It, just, it never ends, man. But he's out there getting the news for us. What is the news we have this week, Chris? It's kind of a slow week again with news. It's kind of like boring around here. Then why um, are you so beat up then? I don't know. All this shit it's going trying to on. Get this, it's trying to yeah. extrapolate this information. Yes. Mm-hmm. There's a uh, rumor floating around that Arrow Video might do a 4K remaster of Alfred Hitchcock's Psycho. Hell yeah. Really? Yeah. yeah that, When's the that, party for that? Uh, no release date set yet, but they they teased it on their on their website. Outstanding, that would be Outstanding. pretty sweet. So, other news bits this week: Will Smith is supposedly in talks to voice the genie in Guy Ritchie's new live action version of Aladdin. Gonna suck. <laughs> I did hear that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, what's what up? What has with- Guy Ritchie done in the last ten years? Nothing. I mean, and I'm not saying that mean. I mean, honestly, can Andrew? Can you tell me um, what has he done in the, the last ten? The years? Man from Uncle was the last thing he did. He hasn't really been um, commercially successful, but he's been consistent at least. The last thing like I honestly, movies. the last thing I think I saw was Revolver. Mm-hmm. Was it Revolver? That's yeah. the last thing. I Jason Statham was in that. I think that was many years ago. That was like back in 2006 or seven. I God, think I, so. Ten years. Well, that was a I good said, movie, though. Last, yeah. I, I think it wasn't quite what I expected. It was a little too trippy for me. I wanted something, you know, like you know, of course, I want Snatch, I want Lockstock, and stuff like that. Yeah, the fun. Mm-hmm. I mean, th- those movies to me are just absolutely flawless. The Man from Uncle was really, really good. good though. It was really, really good. He's got a new one coming out uh, that I think Blake is going to go see. Uh, this King Arthur movie. Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's coming out uh, oh, in a couple Michelle weeks. Had a I think. Screener for that, I thought too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Blake's covering it. Outstanding. So, Guy Ritchie, we'll, yep. we'll see how that pans out. Good luck, Mr. Mr. Ritchie. Hope that works yeah. out for you. And, and uh, Mr. Smith also. Oh, uh, production wrapped on uh, Jeremy Saulnier's new movie, the director of Blue Ruin and Green Room. Mm. Um, Hell yeah. Fucking Green Room. Badass. I forget what the name of it is, but it looks like another uh, 
exercise and ultra violence. So he does that well. He does yeah. that really well. He does it really raw and uh, very, uh, very confrontational, you know. Mm. And then we've got Alien returning to some cinemas for March 20 or April 26th. Alien Day, LB426. Yeah. I did that last year at the Music Box, and I, I think I suffered go. hearing loss from it's seeing not sh- Aliens. It's not showing anywhere in Michigan. It's oh, like shit. Regal RPX Cinemas, and there's none of them here. We got to travel. Yeah. Damn. That's, That's what next I week, though. We're going on the road. Yeah. Well, um, not this weekend, but the following one I'm doing, uh, um, the Music Box is doing the David Lynch retrospective. Oh, wow. They're showing every one of his movies in 35 millimeter, showing all his television work, showing all his internet work on the big screen. Yeah, How excited. long is that going to be? <laughs> uh, it's going to be going on for about a week. We're just doing say. a weekend. <laughs> Holy crap, dude. Um, the Elephant Man, they're showing uh, oh, apparently man. the X-rated cut of Wild at Heart, Ooh. which is just the one scene where where uh, one of the characters <laughs> blows off his head with a double-barrel shotgun, and they put some uh, gun smoke over the shot to get an R rating so you don't see the, the severed head bouncing around. What fun is that? That's and the MPA for you. <laughs> really, last bit of news this week is uh, the script is done for the Deadwood revival. It's been turned into HBO to finally get the movie done. Or as I like to call it, Cowboys That Cuss. Yes. You <laughs> cocksucker. You cocksucker. Yeah. Now is never a Deadwood person, so. I, Amber, I mean, my yeah. my better half, she loves that show for some reason. Yeah. More of a peck and paw Western guy myself. Yeah. Pat Garrett and Billy the Kid. Mm. Wild Bunch. Hell yeah. So in new releases this week, we've got Born in China, which we've got a review coming up of. Mm. Uh, Free Fire, starring Brie Larson. Hate to see that one. Mm. The Promise, which Andrew yeah. saw. Mm. Yeah. And- <laughs> <laughs> well, the review will come out. The review comes out tonight, doesn't it? Uh, tomorrow night. Tomorrow night. Okay. Yeah. 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 <laughs> uh, Phoenix. <laughs> what a piece of shit that movie was. <laughs> Phoenix Forgotten comes out, which is produced by Ridley Scott. Another and found footage alien abduction movie. Imagine that. Wow. Yeah. And then Unforgettable comes out also. So Unforgettable. Really. With, with uh, Catherine Heigl, she's she's still getting work. People are still hiring. Her. Yeah, I don't know why. <laughs> I don't know why. I don't get it. And then uh, suggested viewings for this week. Oh. I finally saw The Handmaiden. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah, yeah like great. I want to watch that movie again. Who directed like, that? Today. Yeah, it, Park Chan-wook okay. of Old Boy. Yeah. Oh. It's phenomenal. Yeah. Oh, shit. There's an extended cut of it coming out uh, in the UK and I think in Germany as well. It hasn't been announced in America yet. It's like uh, uh, 20 minutes longer. It's more of a more of a fan appreciation edit because fans yeah. were clamoring for it. And yeah. Park Chan-wook just said, why not? I'll, I'll do an extended cut of the movie. I mean, like the lesbian sex in that movie was awesome. <laughs> It, I'll be the a, judge of that. <laughs> it's a lot more uh, daring than, say, um, blue is the warmest color. That's or what I Carol. thought, too. Yeah. And like, can you see your kidneys? What the hell? <laughs> <laughs> what makes it more daring, if I may ask? Well, the sexuality in all of his films is very, very raw, bordering on pornography. Mm. And here, it's, it's the first film he's done that I'd say uh, would not get an R rating. His other films prior to it have... Yeah. Passed with an R. Somehow, Sympathy for Mr. Vengeance passed with an R. I, I, to this day, don't know how. That movie's extremely violent. 
but yeah, yeah, The Handmaiden's great. The Handmaiden. Chris watched The Handmaiden, and then the then I, used my hand. Well, no, the, <laughs> Chris watched The Handmaiden, then the hand laden Chris. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> come on, give it up, everybody. No, thank you, thank you. I didn't. I didn't expect a clap. I expected a laugh. But fuck you guys. Okay. All right. Anyway, so that sounds really cool, though. Yeah, I mean, it's a really good movie. Does. Yes, very out. good movie. Sure. How about Kirst- you? Yeah, Kirsten. Yeah, uh, <clears throat> I'm going to go with the TV show. I have been obsessed with RuPaul's Drag Race. It's on its third episode. I haven't been on here since it's aired, mm-hmm. and I love. <laughs> 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 no, seriously, I'm obsessed with it. I love the drag queens that are on it. Uh, Sasha Valor and Nina Bonina are two of my favorites. Uh, the last two seasons, I think I was kind of disappointed with, but this one's kind of bringing it back for me a little bit. Um, and yeah, I can't wait. That's <clears throat> Andrew. Uh, this weekend, I watched uh, Paul Schrader's Hardcore with Dorsey Scott. It's this 1979 movie about uh, this conservative uh, Grand Rapids dad whose daughter goes on some sort of religious retreat in California. She disappears and resurfaces in a porno film. So he dives deep into the scuzzy porno underworld with uh, with a hooker at his side to try and find uh, where his daughter's been. It's pretty much the blueprint for 8mm. Remember 8mm with Joel yeah. Schumacher? Yeah. yeah. Yep. Schumacher movie. Was that the first time you'd seen Hardcore? That was the first time I'd seen it, yeah. Yeah, see, I saw that movie like way back. Like way, probably like in the 90s, you know? It was mm-hmm. still 10 years after it had come out. Yeah. But yeah, that's a great movie, too. Yeah. George C. Scott really uh, displays a lot of raw emotions on that. Yes, he does. Especially when he is shown the film. Peter Boyle is a private investigator, shows him the film, and first time he sees it, realizes that's his daughter on screen. Bleh. Yeah. So, hardcore, great movie. Check it out. You got one, Scott, or no? It's been a chaotic couple of weeks. I mentioned before the show I finally saw Train to Busan, and that was phenomenal. I was really blown away by that flick. That was really great. Um, more to come, honestly. It's been kind of a crazy couple of weeks for me, <laughs> so I don't have much to report this week. Next week I'll have something. Yeah, Train to Busan, though, that was a really Rocket good phenomenal. spin on the Man. zombie genre. It was cool. I mean, just and it was like, you know, it was like a game. Was yeah. like trying to move from cart to cart like that. Yeah. I thought that was, was really cool. that the director's first live-action film? Because prior to it, he did animated films like... Uh, I think it is. Like, and, of uh, course, it's getting a U.S. remake. Of course. No, yes. that that was phenomenal. I mean, the special effects looked really great. The, you know, the, the makeup looked really good. I mean, mm-hmm. it all looked very natural. Um, if I, there was a lot of gore. But mm-hmm. at the same time, it wasn't like... It was gory, but it was like to me like some. I've mentioned this before on the show. Uh, gore nowadays, I just don't have the stomach for it anymore. Honestly, I kind of and when I do finally see like a zombie, that's why I kind of shy away from zombie films because it's usually bloody as hell, right? Mm-hmm. Um, this one I watched those. I mean, that was from a recommendation from you guys, mm-hmm. and. I mean, it was gory, of course, but it was just, it was comfortable. <laughs> I don't know the other way to, I felt okay with it, you know? Mm-hmm. Now, as far as the story was concerned, it was tense as hell, uh, and it was very emotional. That that really did kind of break me up a little bit. Um, mm-hmm. But, you know, phenomenal movie across the board. Loved it. And, yeah, thanks thanks for suggesting that to me, guys. I really appreciate mm-hmm. it. So, speaking of um, gore. <laughs> Good segue. <laughs> I have my days. Um <laughs> What is this topic? Kirsten, what's the topic we're talking about this week? The Texas Chainsaw Massacre. 
okay, not just the original. No, the we're, we're gonna try to get into limp, all of them. and I mean limp in my case, literally limp <laughs> <laughs> this week um, through the franchise. franchise. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, for better or for worse, uh, we're gonna try to get through all these films. And we did talk before the show, like not all of us have seen everything, mm-hmm. which is cool. That's totally cool. Um, so we d- agreed to take this literally from the beginning and just work our way up to present day. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're going to be starting this off on a real high note, mm-hmm. right? Um, but the, the, the film that the show is named after, The Texas Chainsaw Massacre, 1974, um, Andrew... You're the expert here, and I'm not trying to put you on the spot, but I really would like to hear. I, I like. I come here when you're here. To, I mean, and this is. I know this is going to sound very sappy, and we can make out after the show if you want. You're not going to suck him off, are you? Oh, I'm right here. Okay. I'm, gonna give, I'm totally giving him a bro job. Um, just don't bite. Just, <laughs> but I do watch, enjoy. Watch I, 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 I hate. I'm not. I'm not trying to put you on the spot, but I'd like. I love to hear what you have to say about films like this, especially. I mean, wh- well, it was interesting you mentioned. You know, speaking of gore, because the first Texas Chainsaw Massacre is really a lot more like Psycho or yeah. Halloween and that a lot of the extreme violence is heavily implied with clever camera angles and editing, but you don't see anything. Like there's a scene of a woman being dropped onto a meat hook going up her spine Which and you don't see anything. It's hard to watch, but you're, you don't see anything. It's all violence in the mind, which is probably a lot harder to take than just seeing it because you can put a face on a gory, violent image, but yeah. when you're imagining what that might look like i don't know the mind is a lot to a lot scarier i think well it, my impression the first time i saw the texas chainsaw massacre mm-hmm. and i won't lie it's a it's a movie i probably saw in my teens my parents would not let me watch it like that movie when i was a kid was like that was like one of them like forbidden fruits i couldn't eat when i was very young mm-hmm. And they would not allow me to see that movie until finally one day I'm like, oh, fuck you. I got a bicycle and I got a, I got a membership to the video store. I'm going to go <laughs> rent this VHS tape. What's well, right? a video store? Yeah, exactly. It was so, definitely a game changer. Is, it was a game changer. But, I was going to say, who is Blockbuster? <laughs> yeah. but, but, but going back to that, though, like the hook, right? Mm. My initial, my impression, when I saw this m- hulking beast um, grab this little girl and just hook her on like, like he would hook a side of beef. Right? Yeah, mm-hmm. that's what he looked at her like. Right. Yeah. Um, there was no emotion in that. You, mm-hmm. He didn't make a sound. He just hung her up on there, and then you know you see you just see this person hanging on this hook, mm-hmm. and that right there, just the the idea of that. Mm-hmm. And again, you're like there wasn't blood flying everywhere. It wasn't a gore fest. Um, no, it wasn't. There are some grotesque images in the movie, but there's very little blood and gore. Yeah. The opening um, scene, which is narrated by a then unknown at the time, John Laroquette, uh, you see these strobe flash images of these decomposing yeah. bodies with this really, I don't even know what they use to make the sound effect. It almost sounds like someone's dragging a razor blade across glass, and mm. it's really terrifying. They, they used a armadillo for one of the shots, but I guess originally they used a decomposing dog, uh, but the director thought it was too gross too to look much. at. Yeah, so they too switched much. it to an armadillo. Mm-hmm. The hook thing really messed my head up. Let me just leave it at that. When mm-hmm. I saw that, 
I understood at that point why my parents didn't want me to watch that like at eight or nine years old. Uh, well, it, it was, was almost it was hard like, to watch. You know, I wasn't introduced to Texas Chainsaw until after I had seen like the original Nightmare on Elm Street, yeah, mm-hmm. the original like three Friday the Thirteenth movies. Mm-hmm. After I started getting into the slasher stuff and yeah, yeah. the original couple Halloween movies, that's when I kind of went over to seeing the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Mm-hmm. There was almost like a taboo associated with there the was. Texas Chainsaw yeah. Massacre because people still thought, even though it was based on loosely based on Ed Gein. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> There was this taboo where people really thought this was a true story. This really happened. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I remember being a kid and still thinking that. Mm-hmm. Being introduced to it as, oh, this is a true story. You, I know, think you a should lot want of, to watch that. I think a lot of the authenticity is aided by the film's look. It has. It looks like a found footage documentary. It's very gritty and yeah. grainy and dirty looking. And mm-hmm. there's one shot that I remember um, in particular where it's just looking at a, a windmill with sunlight uh, like beating through, through it. it and remember that being just a really unnerving image because it's like one of the few peaceful tranquil images in the movie and you know it's just going to get worse from there yeah um the movie i've always said to people and we were i was talking to some buddies before i before i came here and i we were talking about what we we're going to talk about tonight and what i tell people about if you have to sum it up for me the Texas Chainsaw Massacre, along with a handful of other films that we don't need to mention right now, is as close to a, what a nightmare to me would look like, I guess. Mm-hmm. How how jerky it is. Mm-hmm. We've mentioned it, I think, on this show before, because we've talked about Texas Chainsaw here and there. Mm-hmm. And one of the scenes that just is under my skin to this day is when they are sitting at the table. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And the girl, the one that's still alive... Um, She's sitting there fucking flipping out. She's tied down in the chair. And she just kind of passes out. Mm-hmm. And she wakes back up again. Cuts back. She wakes up. And she's like, okay. Well. And then she looks over. And there's all the the whole crew again going, bah! <laughs> Laughing yeah. at her. That's a nightmare. Mm-hmm. That is a frigging, like, okay, you're not escaping this. You're not getting out of this shit. It's like a real-life time lapse, too. Yeah, like, you, you're that, sitting that's, there. That's what it is. Like, you this, pass out from the stress. You wake up. You fall asleep again. You wake up again. And all of a sudden, there's all these freaks yeah, with you. They're still mm-hmm. there, right? I've, I've never seen that really pulled off so effectively in any movie I've seen, honestly, where you kind of like, okay, what happened here? Everything. Oh shit! You're still there. Oh, it sucks for you. Oh my god! Yeah. It's a really great chase thriller too, and mm-hmm. um, really started the whole, uh, you know, what Halloween and Alien and many other films like it would do. Of you know the the last survivor running for her life as this killer blade wielding maniac is uh, chasing her down. I, well, and- I, uh, the game Resident Evil 7 Biohazard that just came out actually mm-hmm. has a scene that reminds me of the scene from Texas Chainsaw where they're all at the dinner table because in mm-hmm. the game, right right in the beginning, um, you uh, you like get kidnapped and you wake up at a table and the family is around you and they're eating and they're mm-hmm. trying to get you to eat what they're eating too. And it's, it's very well no, done, no. but it reminds me of Texas yeah. Chainsaw. And another thing I was going to say is one mm-hmm. of the characters from the original um like the cousin or the uncle i don't know who he was but mm-hmm. in the very beginning when he is in the truck in the they in, take the head 
Yeah, where he like uh, <laughs> has the knife and he like cuts his hand like that guy. Yeah, yeah. Mm. When he's out of the car and he's trying to like make a big deal and like freak them out, he doesn't like make any noise. He's like flailing his body around mm. and like mm. they're freaking out, but he doesn't make any noise. And that always struck me very weird. But well, yeah, it, it was creepy. I think. <clears throat> the creepiness comes from the awkwardness of that character. Well, that scene mm-hmm. too, especially because these are just some kids. Yeah, they're, just, they're traveling and they come across this this hitchhiker basically, mm-hmm. and um, he starts telling him all this horrible shit mm-hmm. out of nowhere. Like you know, usually it takes about 15, 20 minutes and a couple of <laughs> drinks. Talking maybe. about like slaughterhouses. <laughs> yeah, maybe showing you know? them pictures of dead animals or something. Yeah. I mean, they're, you know, and he's talking about, he's so excited about this stuff. Yeah. It, to him, this is just normal life because he don't know anything different. Where these people have been out in the world, they know that, you know, this isn't a normal living you normally make. Mm-hmm. And most people that I think work in slaughterhouses, they may do it to make a living, but I'm sure they don't like it very much. I don't know any guys like, I love my job working at a slaughterhouse. <laughs> I mean, except for except for the Sawyer family, apparently. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Um. There's there, there's so many. I mean, it is unnerving. And we talk about the chase stuff too. Mm-hmm. Um, what I find incredible about that, and this is like the classic horror setup, but there's all this chasing going on. Now I know for a fact that every once in a while, Amber and I are goofing around. We chase each other around the house, and <laughs> not like that, you perverts. Um, usually because she stole the last cookie or something, and you know, I, I want the cookie. Yeah. So. Put the but cookie we, down. We, we, <laughs> we run around the house for a second, and usually you corner somebody up pretty quick. Like, <laughs> I got you in the bedroom. Eh. <laughs> ah, not like that, but, well, yeah. Okay, whatever. <laughs> but it's not, it's not hard to catch somebody, like, you know, in a house. These chase scenes are happening, uh, the majority, let's say, the majority are happening in the house, right? Mm-hmm. And there's just, and I've always, this, the time and space of, the house and, and i'll say that across the majority of these this franchise that's one of the things i think they've done a really cool job with is they've taken a very small you know okay it's a farmhouse probably you know yeah maybe uh, let's give it two thousand square feet which is pretty big right that, that's where all this action is kind of happening is in this maze and, and especially with the with the, the victim mm-hmm. they don't know all the trap doors they don't know all the secret passageways that we mm-hmm. see um I just find that whole idea of space, how they made that work to turn into like this, basically, you know, a, it's a, a labyrinth. Running, it's a labyrinth of running race in, in a house. Yeah. Yeah. You think it served as the basis for Buffalo Bill's house and very of easy, easily, yeah. easily, yeah. all the yeah. trap doors yeah. and like the first time you see Leatherface, um, he he comes around the corner and knocks the guy out and pulls what looks like an elevator door shut. Like, where did that come yeah, from? Yeah, well, yeah, it, that was very similar to, like, you know, an industrial type of door, I, my impression of that was. Mm-hmm. You know, it was very industrial, like in a slaughterhouse, right? Yeah. And that's yeah. another very disturbing scene you're talking about, too. Mm-hmm. Just that literal bam. And there's, like, no talking. Like, that's the thing about Leatherface in the original Texas Chainsaw is that there's no emotion about that. Like I said before, too. It's just this. No, he is just. It's just, like, auto. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The epitome of sheer power. Yeah, mm-hmm. barreling at you mm-hmm. with a chainsaw. Yeah, but awesome. well, that's a, a hammer. Bam over the head. You're yeah. You're done. You're fucking done. One shot from a hammer like that, you're done, dude. You're brain damaged. It's over with, man. Another scene that really got under my skin was when um, 
she's upstairs and there's this old dead thing sitting in the chair which turns out to be oh. the grandfather mm-hmm. and they cut her finger open they put it towards his mouth and suddenly oh. he starts sucking on it yeah. he's alive it's it, it's one of those out of nowhere scenes that just goes from bad to worse in well, an instant mm-hmm. and grandpa that's another there's just so many of these weird little things about the movie like yeah like you just said like that fucker's dead yeah he's dead what what are they doing? Why don't they bury him? Why don't they make make a paperweight? I don't know, but do something with him. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, he, and then like yeah, you see that part where he comes to life with the blood, and there's also the hammer scene too. Like come on, Grandpa, come on, give her a yeah. hit. Come on, like you. They're like did, holding her down. And, that yeah. did crack me up because they're it's, trying to get Grandpa to do it. And, and he's like, and you he's see like, him. There, there's an actual shot. The yeah. yeah, you see a shot where he kind of goes, oh no, man, no, no I'm not into this, right? Mm-hmm. And I'm like, this fucker's dead. Why is he still shaking his head? I, mm-hmm. I, you can't really tell, and that and that's beautiful. I mean that looks really good yeah. uh, mm-hmm. to keep you tricked like that. I, like in live, is he? I don't get it. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> this movie's riddled with things like that. Oh, dude, the lighting that yeah. they use in that movie—that like orange hue in the film grit all the way through that movie—that mm. alone is horrifying. Just the way the movie looks yeah. is terrifying. There, it was the first movie that really used that kind of tone and that hue, wasn't mm, it? It was. It was um, one of the few early movies that really uh, used uh, grit and dirt to uh, its advantage and made it much more right. uh, frightening. Because if the images were crystal clear, you'd probably see all of the limitations of the makeup effects. But because it's blurry and gritty and dirty, it kind of... It kind of feels, again, like you're watching a documentary and not a film. I think that adds to the confusion also. Like I was saying, they're mm-hmm. in, like you said, this labyrinth, basically. Mm-hmm. And it's a house. It's like, it's a it's a house. Now, it's a, it's a train wreck like of a house. It's like a farmhouse. It's it? a farmhouse, yeah. Um, but that, and that's one thing that's always had me wondering. I mean, and that's across this franchise. Like, they have these environments, and it's like, man. Because, like, you have, like, these, like, their rooms, for example. Mm. And those rooms, to me, seem like a completely different universe. Mm. Like, there's all this horse shit going down on the main level of the house. <laughs> yeah. And then they cut away to, like, a room sometimes. Right. Um, and, again, some of the other films we'll talk about here. And to me, that just seems like, and you know... Because, yeah, I mean, in the film, that's kind of what the film does, obviously, is you'll have all this chaos going in one part of the house, and then it cuts to this bedroom, and there's, like, music playing, and it's very chill, and it's like, mm-hmm. that feels like a whole different universe to me, right? Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. in a real world, like, you, you know, a regular house, a farmhouse, you know, you'd be in that room, like, I'm trying to listen to this fucking Barry Manilow record, you know? But <laughs> this guy's down here hammering the shit out of somebody, you know, and it's like, I can hear that, but you don't get that. It's just, it's, a, it's separated. It's a totally different environment, right? Um, that's just a, more of those, like, wow, this is... So, it trips me out, like how this, you know, yeah. how they made all this stuff happen. There's another part that just occurred to me when um, one of the victims is inside what looks like a freezer or a, or a cooler, uh, and uh, someone opens it up, and post mortem, the body comes to life for a second before dying. Oh. Then Letterface shows up. You remember that part that I'm referring to? Yeah. 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 Yeah, it's like a Ugh. one of the other friends comes by and she pops out and then just clonks back down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like um, she had one last second left in her. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, I also, I always 
I think it's interesting to think about being in the mindset of one of the random drivers that's going down the road when the girl in all blood is like screaming, mm. running towards him, telling him to stop. And, you know, yeah. like on one hand is like, oh, my God, like, obviously she's hurt. She needs help. But then I would also be like, OK, who's after her or is she the crazy one? Like, well, am I in trouble? And so I always got to kind of hand it to someone, you know, when they stop and try to help. But then Leatherface comes out and just goes after the driver, too. Because, yeah. mm. like you said, it's auto. He's like, okay, another person I need to kill. So, uh, I remember this is this ties in with that idea. Old man Scott story time. Watch out. Um, <laughs> when I was very young, I remember I was riding in the car with my dad. It was at nighttime. And we were in Warren here. And we were going down a street. And... This car came up behind us and started flashing its brights, popping its, you know, or its brights on and off or whatever. Um, and I'm like, Dad, that person behind, because I, I could see in the, the side view, there was the car behind us popping its lights. And there was a car behind that car kind of swerving and shit, right? Mm-hmm. And I'm, you know, I saw movies. I'm like, oh, man, there's some heavy shit going on here, <laughs> you know, right? And I'm like, Dad, we there's somebody behind us. That lady's popping her lights. Maybe we should, you know. Help her. Help her. And my dad's like, oh, yeah, fuck that. <laughs> and we were coming to a light. And this person in the car behind us, whatever it was, she was scared to death. Because she ended up going up the curb and cutting across a baseball field. Like on the little, there was a school there with a baseball diamond. Oh Cut across that entire thing and come slamming. And the car behind her did the same thing. <gasps> oh, no. And I'm like, Dad. We got to help them. And my dad's like, we're not doing shit. (laughs) We're staying in this car and I'm taking you home, right? So in thought of that situation, because we've seen that more than once now, I'm pretty sure on what my response would be. Get the fuck out of the way or I'm going to finish this for you, lady. Get out of the way. I'm not stopping because, yeah, I don't want Leatherface. I don't know. Get out of the way, Lambert. It's like, you know, I want to be a hero, but I also don't want to die. If you're that scared that you're going to do something, if you're in the middle of the road, running, covered in blood. If you can jump in my car in two seconds, then I'll help you. But if if you're dragging behind, no, I'm out. See, to me, in in the narrative of these stories, as soon as you make contact with that person, boom, you're you're in the middle of this now. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah, yeah. You're not getting out of this shit. You become a new chapter in that story right away. I don't want to be a part of that story, whether I win or I lose. I don't want to be a part of that, right? Mm -hmm. So... I'm going to follow my dad's idea on this and just say, yeah, we're, we're staying in the car. Oh, also, uh, there's a scene in the very first film where when they just get to the house and the one guy's knocking on the door mm. and like nothing happens. So he steps away and a tooth falls on the floor. If that if I saw that, I would be out. out. Nope. No question. Goodbye. Nope. I'll find like, a phone nope. somewhere else. Yep. Yep. <laughs> nope. I'm gone. I would not double guess that. <clears throat> there is so much. We could go all night. I, we could easily. Um, there's just this was such a game changer. I agree, Andrew. This this movie really did. And well, you're talking about the grittiness, and that's the thing I mentioned. I was mm-hmm. before I started telling stories about my childhood. Um, <laughs> that grittiness, I think, adds to the chaos of the whole film. Mm-hmm. You're right. If it was a perfectly clear frame, we could see everything. Yeah, you probably would see the imperfections that we knew are there, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, you could probably see. Oh, look, there's there's a there's a kettle over there. Just you don't want to see feel... a fucking. You don't want no humanity. 
it just makes mm -hmm. it feel that much more oppressive. Yeah. Like that. Yeah. Again, you don't want to see a tea kettle. I don't want to see a spoon. Mm -hmm. I don't want to see a TV remote or something like that because that makes this 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 motley crew human, and they're not supposed to be human. These are animals. These are cannibals, mm -hmm. right? That adds to that whole idea, I think, and that's what made that movie so effective. And that 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 if there's a, st a true star of the film, it really is to me the house and that grittiness of the. Oh film. yeah, that absolutely. Movie. Right. Absolutely. Uh, the the players are secondary. You know, it's all one working system. But man, that that the, the mood you'll never get that. You'll never. And they and believe me, they fucking tried. <laughs> yeah. They've tried, mm -hmm. uh, and you can't you can't do it, man. So that movie put uh, Toby Hooper on the map. And, yeah. And uh, uh, there was the whole thing with did he direct Poltergeist or did Spielberg direct Poltergeist? But. I don't remember. Did uh, the second Texas Chainsaw movie come before or after Poltergeist? They were, after was it after because they were both yeah. Because Poltergeist was eighty two oh, and Texas Chainsaw yeah, two right. was eighty six. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So they had actually twelve years in between movies. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Texas Chainsaw Massacre two. What a fucking ride that um, movie is! Yeah. Dark comedy as about as dark as it gets. Um, it's like the a send up of the original Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Like we're gonna do the com the crazy colorful comedy version of that. And uh, funny that um, the guys behind Canon Films would be the ones to finance it. Yeah, and they didn't know it was a comedy. They couldn't <laughs> figure out why uh, they had to do a Breakfast Club parody poster of the characters. <laughs> I loved it. I love it. I love Bill Mosley in this film. And, I mean, a lot of people, there's a lot of mixed reviews on Bill Mosley as an actor. Yeah. Um, He's my favorite thing in the movie. He is my favorite thing in the movie, too. Chop, Chop Top. Top. Chop Top Sawyer. Yeah. The, the the whole trip with him with the coat hanger, sitting there poking at his, his head his, and then eating, and then eating it. it, that fucking makes me want to throw up when I see it every time still. He's got, like, still. a metal plate in his head, right? Yeah. yeah, and he's, like, picking the dry skin off yeah. of it. Yeah. yeah. Um. Oh. Makes it just it's ugh. God. well. Ugh. I think I told this story way back in the beginning when we started this show, but <clears throat> I used to go hunting with my dad, and we'd be in this cabin like way back in the woods, and there was a video store at a party store that was like down the old dirt road, you know. So, anyways, we went to the video store. Oh, what do you want to rent? And I got Texas Chainsaw Massacre two, and I think like. Return of the Living Dead or something. But anyways, my dad goes out in the woods to go hunting, and I put in this VHS tape of Texas Chainsaw 2. And as funny as it is, when you're 12 or 13 years old, to watch. watching this thing in a cabin all by yourself on this gritty-looking videotape mm. horrified me. Yeah. Horrified me. Because even... It, it's a funny movie, obviously, but... The shit that goes down in that movie is brutal. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. um, the funniest character in the movie really is the Dennis Hopper character. Yeah, yeah. I love the scene where he's buying the chainsaws. Mm -hmm. That 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 <laughs> scene, just the money flies on the barrel head, and he's out there practicing. I I just it was it was artistic. Yeah. To see, like you know, this is what I'm going to do with these things. Mm -hmm. um, and I mean, I also love Dennis Hopper. Um, I didn't think I, I, when I remember when that movie came out, I was kind of like Dennis Hopper. Yeah. <laughs> look, 
I'm going to be clear, right? I mean, I want to mention that anything we're going to talk about after what we just got done talking about, the original one, Nothing touches it. Nothing. You, it's yeah. it's almost laughable in a, in in a, in a way. Well, I think Toby Hooper knew that, so he thought, well, how can I do a sequel that uh, doesn't repeat what the first one did? So it, he does almost like a meta, uh, embellished mm-hmm. comic book version of of it, and totally different visual aesthetic. He goes for these neon fluorescent colors. He has this really big underground set. Yeah. Yeah. And. And then, and he even he even defies our expectations with the most famous shot in the first Texas Chainsaw, which is when he's whipping the chainsaw around at the end. Instead, it's the last survivor whipping the chainsaw around, which is another mm-hmm. yeah. another send up of of the first movie. So yeah, it's it the characters. I think, and I've already mentioned Bill Mosley. Chop Top was my favorite. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, was it Caroline Williams? Is that her name? Yeah, Caroline mm-hmm. Williams. She was great. I mean, classic scream queen role. Her mm-hmm. screams were great. I mean, through the whole movie, mm-hmm. I actually got, I was actually doing a little homework today, just kind of flipping through stuff, and every goddamn thing I watched was her screaming her head off. Was, right? She was the radio host, correct? Yeah, yeah she was a radio host. Yeah, you know, she was awesome. It's interesting, both that movie and The Fog are horror movies involving a radio host radio, as yeah. one of the main characters. Um, you know, fun movie. I mean, it was fun for what it was. Mm-hmm. And like you said, I mean, yeah. You can't go out and do the same thing. Try something different. You know, and dare I say it, I mean, the human centipede kind of followed the same, you know, what's his name, uh, Tom Six? Yeah. He kind of, you know, he he comes out with this heavy flick. It's like, oh, my God. I mean, it's, it's so insane, right? And then he does part two, which, believe me, and I'm not putting these on the same level, but part two no, was more, more of a, no, God, no. <laughs> But it was more of a comical approach to it that was so over that it's like, well, I'm, I'm just going to go so over the top now. It's almost laughable, right? And three, well, that's a whole different. Fuck that. Let's move on. I don't want to talk about the human. Yeah, movie. I don't Jesus either. Shit. I don't even want to think about those movies. <laughs> this feels stupid thinking about them. The human centipede movies? Yeah. Oh, the third one was so terrible. Yeah, let's not do it. <laughs> no, no, I'm sorry. I just would. Uh, I, that, yeah, okay, moving on. Moving along. But yeah, along. Texas Chainsaw 2, it's really like its own thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's a sequel, but also you have to look at when the movie came out. When that movie came out, we were like literally like the high tide of Friday the 13th yeah. in mm-hmm. Nightmare on Elm Street and Halloween sequels and all that shit. Mm-hmm. So Toby Hooper was like right in the middle of mm-hmm. all that. What mm-hmm. do I do to, to, stand, out. to stand out with mm-hmm. the rest of the slasher flicks that are coming out at that time? And Texas Chainsaw 2 did it. I mean, mm-hmm. it is definitely a different animal from the first one. Mm-hmm. Leatherface, the Texas Chainsaw Massacre 3. I'd like to lead off on this. Didn't see this one. <laughs> okay. I don't think I did either. I'd like to lead off on this by saying the best thing about this movie was the soundtrack. Yeah. Now, this the soundtrack, and this was 1990 when this came out. And I remember as a young kid sitting up on Saturday night watching Headbangers Ball on MTV and you guys if you're if you're as old as I am you remember Headbangers Ball it mm-hmm. was it was on the the only time MTV would play metal music or metal videos would be from 12 a.m. to 3 a.m. Sunday morning right so this you know Leatherface the I don't know how this all came about I didn't I was going to do a little research on it today but I ran out of time they put together a soundtrack of all these metal bands. Yeah. And, and like, you know, Laws Rocket, for example, uh, they actually did the song Leatherface. Um, Death Angel, Bored, 
Um, Wrath, another band, a smaller band. <laughs> uh, when Worlds Collide, a Hurricane was on there. They were kind of like a you know, hair metal, a spray, hairspray metal band. Sacred Reich from Arizona, One Nation. I mean, these were all bands that, you know, well, except for Hurricane. <laughs> uh, Obsession was on there, Wasted Youth, Utter Lunacy. These were all bands we were like flipping out over when we were kids. And it blew our minds because, yeah, they did do a video. I think Laws Rocket did the video for the song Leatherface. So they were promoting the shit out of this film on Headbangers Ball when we were kids. And all I remember thinking was, man, it's same thing as I thought about part two. I'm like, man, you know, the original, you can't touch this shit. This is a, this is a joke, right? Um, was Toby Hooper even involved in the third one? No, he wasn't. No. He wasn't. Uh, that was the Saw is family. That's when they started doing that whole trip with the Saw, the, the really cool looking Saw and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to... I'm going to go on a limb here and say, you know, I remember watching it like once or twice, but I didn't really put a lot of time or thought into the film. Did you remember? Do you remember it that much? Chris? Well, I remember this one has um, Ken Forey in it from Dawn of the Dead. Okay. He was like the main actor. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And then also Viggo Mortensen. This think, was, yeah, yeah, this was, was like the third movie he had ever been in. Yeah. And mm-hmm. he played the brother kind of like what chop top was he plays that in leatherface but he's not as over the top yeah i think he had like some like weird like leg or something i like this movie i like this movie i think the weird leg thing or unless is that the next generation next generation okay yeah yeah but vigo was in this one vigo was in that it was one of his first films i remember seeing the trailer for this movie i don't know if you remember this or not oh it was bad it was the lightning bolt it was the lady of the lake yeah. 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 And basically the Lady of the Lake, instead of Excalibur, the sword coming up and out of the lake, the arm comes up and out of the lake with the saw in its hand. They actually oh. had the trailer done before they filmed a second of any footage of the movie. Yes. Yep. Completely ass backwards. From <laughs> what I understand, this was a shit show from beginning to end trying to get this movie done. There was there the ending... If I remember, I forgot who the director was. You have your phone in front of you, Chris. There, who was it? Who directed this movie? Uh, Jeff Burr. Jeff Burr. Okay. If I remember yeah. correctly, who's that? Oh, Toby Hooper. Oh no, he's just credited with characters on this. Yeah. Um. The 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 studio actually reshot the ending without him knowing about it. Mm-hmm. They didn't like the ending. There was just all them little those Easter eggs of all this bullshit that went down. There was all types of problems with the film. He looked like a. A director for hire to do sequels, like he did Stepfather Two and Pumpkinhead Two, and mm-hmm. and he also did this uh, Land of the Land of the Lost movie. Mm-hmm. Actually, no, take that back. Not the movie. He directed episodes of the show. Okay. Yeah, I, this is definitely not a high point of the no, series no, either. But what I do remember about Leatherface Vigo was cool. I remember Vigo, Vigo was, was cool. cool, but also the movie took place out like in the woods. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The house was now in the woods. Yeah. It wasn't like the same old house, like in the flatlands of Texas. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now, for some reason, the house was in the woods. It was really kind of weird. However, I will say I do like this movie. I've watched it a few times. I'm sure I'd have fun watching it still. It just it wasn't one that like stuck to my gray matter like the first two did. Yeah. You know what I mean, yeah. this one just it just didn't. The characters, I guess, you know, the characters in the original, yeah, they're. They're not emotional, and that's what makes them really cool. Mm-hmm. In part two, it's the exact opposite. They're these really freaking outlandish, colorful yeah. characters, right? Which makes them unique and cool. In part three, 
no shit on Vigo because I mean he's he's the man, uh, but none of the characters <laughs> really stuck out like well, like you know that really again yeah. it just doesn't stick to my gray matter. It just didn't really stick out. I think that and I think that was partly because there was just so many problems in producing this. this well, I film, think with part three, I think the budget constraints limited a lot of it, but also this kind of felt like we just want to make another Texas Chainsaw movie. It wasn't really about like. We need to make a quality horror film that continues the oh, legacy of Leatherface. You want to crank this thing out and sell it was, units. It was another sequel in yeah, the sea of horror sequels. It has yeah. a very like grindhouse, like dirty feel yeah. to it too, but mm. it's just not the best <laughs> at all. But it's probably better than what would ultimately become the fourth one, which oh, is the Texas next generation. So next generation, uh, the man who wrote the original Texas Chainsaw Massacre, Kim Hankel, this was his first and last directorial effort. And... So this guy wrote the original Texas Chainsaw. That's right. And then came back and wrote Texas Chainsaw The Next Generation and directed it. And directed it. It was the first and last movie he ever directed. Fuck that guy. Yeah. Fuck that guy. (laughs) Well, okay. Let's point a few things out about this movie because... I, I, this is another one I saw many years ago, and I, I actually went as far as to watch this today um, just because I wanted to refresh myself at least okay. on this one. Because oh, so you watched it today. I saw, Well, yeah, I watched it today because <laughs> this is the one, I mean, literally, I mean, I'm like, okay, this one must have been really bad because I remember seeing it a few times when I was younger and, I mean, nothing retained. I'm like, I'm not walking into this thing with my pants down, you know, literally. Yeah. My pants are down right now. Yeah, I know. Well, that's because yeah, I'm it, not impressed. It, calm, <laughs> it calms Chris down. Um, <laughs> however, yeah, the next generation, um, I will say that Matthew McConaughey did save this film from from utter hopelessness. Um, as a matter of fact, it's been um, a very unknown Renee Zellweger in it too. Yeah, yeah. Um, she was really cute in this too. She was very cute. Oh, uh, I did see this one. I didn't think I did, but I did a long time ago though. Here's the biggest fucking problem. <laughs> With this movie. They made it. Well, they made it. First off. <laughs> Leatherface is, in, is drag. in drag. Yeah. With yeah. curls and all this shit. Oh, yeah. Leatherface yeah. also is a complete pussy. Yeah. I shouldn't. I shouldn't. That's a bad word. A wimp. Yeah. Not strong. Not powerful. He's not very, scary. Yeah. Very, very, very emotional. And not to be cruel to Leatherface, but he's very effeminate in this movie. Very effeminate. Which totally changes the basis of the character. You go from the first one, he's very masculine. Yeah. Brooding, massive thing. Yeah. He, Leatherface in this film sounds more scared than the victims of the film. Seriously. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Listen to this. Just... You don't even need to watch the fucking thing. Just listen he's, to it. He's yeah. also putting uh, women's makeup on and nail yeah. polish and yeah. his cleavage. And well, yeah. that's that's one of them, and that's another. That's this that what you're talking about. There's a perfect <laughs> example of this this whole idea of the universe type thing. Like all this hell's breaking loose in one part of the house, and then it cuts to this bedroom, and there's this record playing. It's probably what made me think about this too. This record playing. Yeah. Yeah. And Leatherface is putting makeup on. <laughs> Leatherface mm-hmm. can use whatever bathroom he wants. I don't care. But Leatherface is not meant to be a fucking pussy. No, That's all no, I no. Show it. Now, you mentioned Renee, Renee Zellweger, right? Yeah. yeah. As I watched this today, 
Sherry Moon Zombie really needs to thank her for, for the career she has now. Uh, because if you listen, literally listen to her, and I've watched House of a Thousand Corpses enough to know this, right? If you listen to Sherry Moon Zombie, I forget, Little Firefly, whatever her name yeah. is in that movie. Um, and you listen to Renee in, in, in The Next Generation, the laughing, the crying, the screaming... You could basically overlay Sherry Moon Zombie on that film, or vice versa, to be the same person. She literally modeled, I think, her her vocal performance, let's say. Her shtick. Her shtick. Okay, perfect. Um, after her. She might just need to never act again. Because she is one person I cannot stand. Sherry Moon Zombie. I mentioned that too. I think Rob Zombie jacked off to this film too, because if you—I mean, literally—if you look, I mean, going back to Matthew McConaughey and his delivery, yeah, which I think he was pretty cool. I liked his, oh yeah, his very flamboyant, being knocked around, not being hurt, you know, that kind of idea. Um, but if you look at Bill Mosley's delivery in House of a Thousand Corpses, also the screaming and yelling and putting his arms up type thing, it's the same thing that Matthew McConaughey did in this film. I'm not trying to make, I'm not defending this movie in any way. <laughs> it's just some things that I was, when I was, I watched it flat out today because I wanted to refresh myself a little bit. And I'm like, dude, this movie really is as shitty as it is. <laughs> And as, as shitty as the plot is, too, on top of all that, like, why this is happening. They're trying to explain why this is happening. I don't even want to get into that piece. Um, I think Rob Zombie, um, well, it's obvious that House of a Thousand Corpses was was masturbation to Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Do you know? But, but heavier, I think, on this film. Go do you ahead. know that Matthew McConaughey at one point claimed he didn't even remember making this movie somebody <laughs> brought the movie up to him and he's like i don't even remember making that movie. Uh, i think he was just in denial yeah because yeah. this was only his like fourth movie role yeah um you know between this and texas jane chainsaw massacre too really um his first two movies he did he, he i mean if it, i mean and it, again that, i think it's pretty obvious to people listening right now i mean we all know knew that in the beginning but if you really watch part 4 the next generation or you know, whatever that is i don't even think it's part 4 um i think matthew mcconaughey had more of an impact on rob zombie's directing and i say that in quotes um than people want to give him credit for all, uh, right, just, all right all right that's just my call <laughs> all right all right you're a lot cooler if you did all right, all right. <laughs> Come on over there. What was uh? Who was the actor's name? Who was Brad in the Rocky Horror Picture Show? I don't know, Kirsten. Oh, Andrew should know this. Who played Brad? Andrew, you know. Oh, whoever. Uh, I heard he also did like denied that he was in Rocky Horror too. I was never. Uh, in Barry Bostwick. Oh yeah, Barry yeah. Bostwick. I was That's never right. in a Texas yeah. Chainsaw Massacre. He was no, like, no, never. that wasn't me. <laughs> I never was in that movie. I don't have any recollection whatsoever. <laughs> Is that me? He should also forget starring in Gold. <laughs> <laughs> I was never in Gold. I watched Gold last night. It's it's painful. Yeah, yeah. So if that wasn't shitty enough, yeah. <laughs> to the two thousand three. Two thousand. Let's fast forward to the Michael Bay produced remake. Yeah. Marcus Nispel's 2003 The Texas Chainsaw Massacre, mm -hmm. which I'm gonna say I love this movie. I love it. 
Why? I love it. Why? I think that this movie brought Leatherface back to being what he was meant to be. You're right about that. He's strong. He's brutal. brooding. He's brutal. And he just drags fucking people around like they're meat. And he's vicious the way he kills people. And I'll say this. Jessica Biel in this movie is very very good and mm-hmm. she's very convincing in fact almost the entire cast in this movie is really really convincing yeah eric balfour was in this from skyline yeah and i mm-hmm. <laughs> skyline jonathan, Great flick. T- jonathan tucker don't fucking shit out yeah good flick he also yeah. did buffy too Couple but of and arlie no, army arlie army, army stole well, we were, the show for me well yeah he saved the movie he saved the movie literally i mean when it, when that came out i'm like wait arlie army <laughs> That's the only reason I watched it. Yeah. Yeah, he's fantastic remember. in it. Um, this who... movie has... I'm sorry, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, I don't remember who Lauren German is, says teenage girl, but she looks real good nowadays. Mm. Yeah, she does. One of the coolest camera shots, or I mean, I think it was more of a special effect, though, and I may have mentioned this in the past here on this show, is the shot in the car. I don't know exactly it who it was. It goes through, through the back the of the bullet in her head. Cool as hell. Oh, that yeah. blew my mind. Yeah. yeah. I was like, now that was cool as hell. I love that. So one thing I will say about the remake is they did hire the original cinematographer of the first Texas Chainsaw to shoot the new film, which gives it a gritty aesthetic, but in some areas it's a little overproduced. But what took me out of the film was the severed head of Harry Knowles from AinItCoolNews.com. Remember, there are all the body parts in the basement, and there's this severed head of Harry Knowles, the film, the film blogger. Yeah, yeah. It it took me right out of the movie. Like, really, you know, that they need to throw a cameo like that in there. I don't <laughs> did know. he request that that was done, or did they just put that in there to jab at him? Um, they put it in there as a jab, I think. Okay. But no, this movie, I actually really enjoyed it. Um, it was fun. It wasn't great, but it, I mean, Arlie Ermey was, he was Arlie Ermey. It wasn't great, but it was Bad. still back to being Leatherface. Like, he was actually Leatherface in this movie. It wasn't yeah. the changes they had put him through. And he was silent in this, mm-hmm. and he was cold and calculating and was emotionless for mm-hmm. the most part. In that end sequence where he is hunting Jessica Biel... Mm-hmm. That that whole part is really cool. That is a really tense yeah. sequence. Well, There's I, also a sequence where she's hiding in like a, a like a locker, and it later on video games like uh, Outlast or uh, or uh, Alien Isolation really played on that whole uh, that tension of being hiding in a locker and there's a killer out standing outside right, of it. Right. You're trying to do all you can to hold your breath so they don't accidentally hear you. Yeah. Split actually just used that too. The scene with uh her shooting the gun to the back of her head was actually because I was like young sort of when this came out. It was actually the reason I watched Texas Chainsaw because I saw like a a clip of it online and I was like, "Oh shit, like that it that looks sick. Like I need to see that movie. Which one is this from?" <laughs> and I found out it was from Texas Chainsaw. So I think this was the first Texas Chainsaw that I actually watched mm-hmm. and then I went back and watched the other ones, but mm-hmm. cuz of that scene I yeah. I was like, "Holy shit." And then I watched it. Moving on to <laughs> the beginning. 
which was kind of a prequel to the first movie. It was a prequel to it the was remake. A yeah, I actually yeah. just watched that one today. And Arlie Ermy was in this one also. He kills yep. it in this one. He, I mean, yeah. he was great. He's um, the reason to watch the movie. The other characters... Fucking prequels. The other characters, not so much. Uh, oh, this was directed by Jonathan Liebsman. Yeah, of uh, the new t- Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movie. Yeah, and, and Wrath uh, of the Titans and Battle Los Angeles. Oh, yeah, Matt Bomber. Matt Bomber yeah. It. Darkness Falls, which was the, it was the Killer Tooth Fairy movie. Oh, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. With, uh, this Emma movie... Explains too much. Fuck that shit. I can't stand that. Because um, part of the uh, fear behind Leatherface is you don't, or and that whole family is you really don't know how they evolved into what they are. That's mm-hmm. that. That's that is exactly. We've talked about it with the Cenobites, for example. I don't want to know where they came from. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I want to know that they exist. Yeah, I want to know that Leatherface exists. Like, I don't want to know what made him. What he is, so I feel sorry for him. Well, like yeah. the, sta- the stage in the uh, alien between the chestburster and when it's an adult alien, what happens in between that time? You know, do, does it grow from point A to point B? And the fact that we don't know makes it no. that much more frightening. Yeah, it just is that it comes out and cries, and the next thing you know, it's eating a ship. <laughs> I mean, that's, that's all I need to know. And I'm thankful that they haven't explained. I think people have. Well, you Fan know what's coming. Dorks. You know what's coming out this year is yeah, a know. new movie called yeah, Leatherface. It's a prequel. Is a full prequel to yeah, well, the well, entire series. Well, that's that's last on the list. I know. Shut up. <laughs> we well, don't know too much about it yet. No, we don't. And there are two directors on it, which is never a good sign. This usually. uh, the, the the beginning though. There's there's certain things. Actually, there's a cameo. Of some dude who was in House of Without. No, wait, no, the Devil's Rejects. He plays the cop. I remember seeing. Oh, him okay, that. okay. Uh, but I, I did like the mother in this one. The the actress. I thought she did a good job. There was some there. There's a couple of lines in the movie that cracked me up. Um, yeah, to mother, for example. There's a line that R. Lee delivers. <laughs> Because the house is a fuck. It's 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 back to the you know the same shit show house you know crazy farmhouse labyrinth we talked about. Um, and one of the things he says, like, you know, I don't remember what the context was honestly, but the line stuck out because the house is a complete disaster. There's shit laying all over the place. And he looks at his mother and he's like, "Good thing you keep a clean house, mother." And just I'm like, "What do you mean clean house? <laughs> this place is a fucking mm-hmm. disaster area." But uh, there's those little things. Um, the mother, yeah. The mother's completely disassociated oh, from yeah. this stuff. I, I did like the scene where the mother has like her friend her over. Her girlfriend. Yeah, yeah they're and family, they're like drinking yeah. tea or something and the the one girl's under the table tied yeah, up. Yeah, freaking out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. There, there's this disassociation through the majority of the film with mother until we get towards the end where all hell starts breaking loose, mm-hmm. right? Uh, you know, why are you going to cut both his legs off? It's simple. Balance. Yeah. <laughs> Great line. I mean, mm-hmm. just finally killing it. I mean, it. There's a lot of fun elements in the movie, but it's trying to explain things too much. I did I, like the... Go ahead. No, you go ahead. I did like that it was more nihilistic than the other ones, because usually there's a last survivor, and spoiler, um, this, it's an everybody dies movie, mm-hmm. except for the that family. Is cool. 
that is cool. That wasn't something that they did in the other Texas Chainsaw Massacres yeah. up to that point. Yeah. One of the things they kept saying, though, too, you know, in the beginning, they're like, well, yeah, that retard, that retard nephew of you. And he's like, he's not retarded. He's just misunderstood. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like, well, I don't care what he is. He's a fucking maniac. I don't want anything to do with this guy except watching him on the TV set here or whatever. Um, I, I did also mm, like while they mm. were all sitting around at the table at the end when uh, Hoyt, you know, the officer, comes mm. up to the one girlfriend that like has all her teeth taken out and like he's like rubbing up on her like, oh, it made me so uncomfortable. I was just like, oh, like just imagining if I were the last girl alive. Well, you see a lot of that. You see a lot of that in part four, too. Again, it's Mm -hmm. fresh in my head. There was a lot of licking. Mm -hmm. It's like, he was licking me. (laughs) 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 Um, Yeah, fun. It was fun. for. I mean, I enjoy it. It's a fun slasher, you know, the whole thing. But I enjoy it as a guilty pleasure. There's some really good looks. Like, you know, some of the the way the the film looked, like in the slaughterhouse, for example, when he's just in there slicing and cutting. That I, meat looked kind of creepy. I really like how Arlie Ermey uh, tricks the cop into coming near his car and he shoots him and steals his shotgun. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. right. I thought that was cool. Yeah, myself, I was not much of a fan of this one, but mainly I thought it repeated a lot of the stuff from the beginning or from the, the remake. It did. It definitely it, did. It felt almost exactly like a clone of the previous one. Mm-hmm. And then that whole thing, like you said, Scott, with the... We have to explain away everything, and we have to tell you exactly why he's Leatherface and why the family is like this, but I don't want to know. Mystery is good. Yeah. Leave some things in the shadows. We don't need to know everything. Mm-hmm. We don't. We're humans. We're supposed to be imperfect. We're not supposed yeah. to know everything. If we know everything, we don't know it's, shit. Yeah, it's like, yeah, we want to know, but whatever I'm thinking is probably better than what you're going to write and put into one oh, Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so. given, given this plot... Yeah, guaranteed. So it's probably mm-hmm. a good thing that I don't know a whole lot about the attempt to do Texas Chainsaw in 3D. Fuck that movie. Uh, yeah, I Have saw you, this. Anyway, you saw it? Yeah, I saw it in theaters. Sister, the floor is yours. Mm. Um, well, if it tells you how good it was, I just remember that I did see in 3D. It was just a lot of jump scares and a lot of blood. Mm-hmm. And... I didn't care for it. A lot of Alexandra Diodario's boobies. If there's any Mm. saving grace for this abomination of a film, it's those breasts. (laughs) I'll be a man and say it. Yeah. Um, Beautiful woman. Absolutely stunning. However, the story... Oh yeah, Uh, the beginning of the movie. Story. The beginning of the movie. They have people. Bill Mosley. They have characters from other Texas Chainsaw movies playing character, uh, different characters. Mm. If that makes sense to no, you. I, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, get him, cousin. Having Gunnar Hansen playing, um, Fuck yeah, the boss. What? Yeah, it was. Fuck you. Literally, this is supposed to be a direct sequel to the original Texas Chainsaw. Mm-hmm. And it takes place like 32 years after. However, the girl is supposed to be directly related to the family from the original movie. And she's only like 18 years old. And it's like, how do you make up for that 14 year loss? It makes no sense. I really have given everything past the original Texas Chainsaw Massacre. 
on this list that I'm looking at. <laughs> a really good chance. There's a lot of great elements of all these films. Yeah. But aside from the breasts. Yeah, I was going to yeah. say, you were right. Her boobs are out a lot. <laughs> um, fuck this movie. And I, I'm, I'm so easy to entertain. Yeah. I am so non... I, I'm not very demanding. Uh, but this movie really annoyed the shit out of me. Again, yeah. explaining away more and more shit. Let's, you know, let's get to the point. Let's get to a fucking point in this saga of these films where we actually almost feel empathy for Leatherface to a point. Like, you know, you literally, if you've seen the film, Kristen, you've seen it. They, they're trying to get you to root for the guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're trying to get you to sympathize and humanize the character. They want you to feel some no. level of sympathy no, I for just, him. No. I just want Leatherface to be this beast, yeah. like, no personality dude that just comes in and murders people. That's yeah. all I want. That was almost... It's the same thing I will equate it to... I mean, we talked about Alien a few minutes ago. Resurrection. Alien 4. Mm-hmm. They are trying to make him into these toys. Let's tame them. And so now we're getting to see this thing head on and see what it looks like. The mystery's all gone here. And now we're fucking with them and making them do tricks and stuff like that. This is this is a beast. What? This is a beast. You don't mess with that. I yep. can draw... Oh, was that Andrew? Oh, I was just going to say the other thing, too, even without seeing the movie, is you're doing it in 3D. That just, the original series was meant to be gritty and, you know, realistic looking. Putting it in 3D just puts it in a whole new arena of fantasy. Well, and the problem was the 3D in this, it wasn't Prometheus 3D where they're giving you 3D to elaborate on the environment and give you a sense of depth. This was Leatherface putting stuff, pointing it at the camera so it comes out of the screen at you, Mm -hmm. which annoys the shit out of me. That's when you go, oh, we're doing 3D because we can do 3D. Yeah. Mm -hmm. We're going back to like the 60s because we can do 3D. Well, yeah, that shit flying out at you. That goes back to the, I mean, I don't know if you guys ever saw the Three Stooges in 3D. Yes. Oh, my God, it's terrifying. Yeah. (laughs) It's fucking terrifying. Seeing a pitchfork (laughs) come at your face. Oh, that fucking messed my head up when I was younger, man. But same idea. Well, Um, going back to what you were saying about, like, making you want to sympathize or trying to convince us to sympathize with Leatherface, this movie, when I was watching it, reminded me of another movie franchise that fucked up. It reminded me of the first Alien vs. Predator when oh. the female her- heroine heroine You're about the original one? The yeah, when she, when she teams up with the Predator at the end of the movie. Stupid. Stupid. That's exactly what this movie does. It takes an everyday person this teenager and she empathizes with Leatherface and they end up teaming up together and I'm like no I am gonna no. I am gonna I am gonna refute that point though because it is faithful to the comic book they do team up in the Dark Horse comic everything leading up to it is you know doesn't make it a fiction. good story doesn't make it a good story but at least it was true to the source yeah 10 points very anyway. good go on. <laughs> hey I fucking watched it <laughs> doesn't so, mean I have to fucking enjoy it yeah I would say that uh, Texas Chainsaw 3D for me is probably not the lowest point of the series. I think the next generation probably is the lowest of the Bullshit. series. Bullshit. No. Bullshit. Yeah. I I'll put making my money face, on that. L- making Leatherface a woman was uh 
Yeah, you know, I thought you're right. Fuck it's, that. It's Never pretty mind. bad. Yeah, you know what? This, the, yeah, that that was the lowest point. They put Leatherface in. I keep forgetting about that one solemn point. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, thank you. They, they did that with Freddy Krueger too. They went back and like tried to explain his backstory and yeah. trying yeah. to make me feel bad. And I'm like, no, I don't want to. Well, they do this with everything now well, because mm. everybody wants. Well, we everyone can't, wants an origin story. Well, yeah. Can't. I mean, we don't. We we live in a in, a, in an era where. We have to know everything. I and like you said, Andrew, they raise, there's always an origin. There always has to be an origin story for everything. Right. We can't just be dropped in the middle of the story as it's happening. We have to know the very, very first thing that happened. It's like, who cares? Mm-hmm. Just get it into the story. Well, you know, it's one of the interesting things. That, I mean, I, I know this is totally unrelated, but, it's, but it made me think about that. The Sopranos. One of the things David Chase said about The Sopranos when it came to the end was, look, my whole idea and my vision of the Sopranos was to give you a glimpse into a time in the life of a person who was a part of organized crime or people. Yeah. Not an origin, not an ending, right? Just the story with a lot of really great stories in there, right? Um, no beginning, no end. Just a vi- just a glimpse. A slice of life. Yeah. I was going to say uh, Godfather Part Two is one of the few that manages to successfully be a sequel, an official sequel to the first Godfather, but it also contains an origin story in conjunction with the main narrative thread. Yeah, and but it just that worked. Yeah, it worked because there was an actual like texture to that story. Mm-hmm. You know, you it really want looked, it looked so good. You wanted oh to know God. about Don Corleone. You wanted to know that guy. You wanted to well, see his history. But yeah. there's a reason for that. That that movie takes place in reality, mm-hmm. so you can connect with that character more on a reality type basis. Yeah. When it comes to fucking chainsaw killers, don't give me their emotionally turbulent yeah. teenage years. I don't mm-hmm. want to fucking know no. that they that Leatherface listened Corleone. to fucking you know Def Leppard on vinyl in his bedroom while he was sharpening <laughs> his fucking chainsaw. Fuck Seriously. Now Vito Corleone, we saw him die, and that was sad for me. Yeah. That was sad for the people. If you watched the making of, they said the same thing. When we, they were like, when we shot that, we were all crying. This lovely old, beautiful man playing with his grandkid, yeah. right? Yeah, with his tomato plants. Mm-hmm. He knocked down his tomato plants. Right, the whole thing was just completely just. It was so sad. That's what adds that. Like, man, I love that guy. And you know, like a lot of people, like your family. Like, I have grandparents or great-grandparents, and I'm very interested in my family heritage, right? So I want to look back on my, my family and see what my, great, my great-grandparents did or my, even my grandparents did when they were younger. And I, I'm really interested in those pictures, right? That's a glimpse in the history itself. That's a beautiful thing. Those because those are real people. Now, do you want a picture of baby Leatherface sucking no, his thumb? No, the skin mask. On no, him? I don't give a fuck about and that. A little fucking plastic chainsaw in his hand. <laughs> no, I don't care about that. Right. So exactly. Yeah, I mean, Texas Chainsaw 3D um, just kind of stuck it in the ass again, like the beginning did, in my opinion. We had to explain more stuff and be spoon-fed more stuff because God forbid we're adults and we can't think for ourselves and maybe. Have a cool idea on our own. I still feel I'd probably comparatively like Texas Chainsaw beginning more than Texas Chainsaw 3D. 3D just sounds ridiculous. Yeah. It is ridiculous. It is ridiculous. Yeah. It's everything you've ever seen in a, a slasher flick, really. There, there was is. no new ground being cut whatsoever. No. This was, 
oh, we have the rights to make a Texas Chainsaw movie. Let's make something on the cheap. Let's give the people what they want. We've got the 3D technology now that's really cheap to do. Let's try to put something out and satisfy. Yeah. Mm. And most fans really kind of like revolted against this movie. Most people were like, fuck that. I went and saw it. I was like, boobies. (laughs) (laughs) Well, if there's anything to uh, take away from that. I mean, boobies. it might as well be boobies. So there, and the, and we mentioned a few minutes ago, there is this year or next year? Uh, it this it's year. in uh, 2017. It's in post-production currently. So we're going to see it this year. Probably. Now, the crazy thing is that this Leatherface prequel that's coming out stars Steven Dorff and Lily Taylor, yeah. which like, really? Hmm. So they got some decent actors, mm-hmm. but again, same thing. It's called Leatherface. It's just called Leatherface. And if you have too much star power, then, you know, it's going to take you out of the world the, the movie's trying to build. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. not too much to be known about that. That'll be for another show, I guess. Um, one thing it does yeah. show is that there are two directors on it, which can either be a good or a bad thing. Because either, if there are two directors <laughs> on it, they're either co-directing or one of them is a replacement. Because usually someone starts shooting, it doesn't go well, they go over budget, or the footage isn't working they fire him and they bring in a replacement and it's it's a little too soon to tell at this point what who are the directors do we know who they are um alexander bustillo and julian mori let's see what else they've done mm. anything worthwhile well one of them was uh one of the writers for inside which is a hell of a french horror movie yeah. oh that's brutal yeah Holy shit really I didn't know that was the director. <laughs> yeah, so that that might that might bode well for Texas Chainsaw is to have the people who wrote Inside involved in it. Why don't we ask Matthew McConaughey? I yeah, do not think that would be really good. There is one funny thing I found on the internet. It's like a GIF of, well, it, it, the caption is. When girls say they love being hugged from behind, and then it's Leatherface coming out of the house, like picking the girl up from behind, checking <laughs> her back in. <laughs> That's really funny. Hell yeah! Mm-hmm. So yeah, man, uh, heavy stuff. I mean, the original. It's just you know, there's just we mentioned that earlier. It's impeccable. Totally, to, yeah, you, you can't touch it. Sacrosanct. Be the best way to describe yeah. it. Yeah. Very, very. Yeah. Exactly. Yup. Um, I don't know what else to say. I think we're done. I think we're done. Uh, this was fun. Yeah. It was fun. Yeah. It was fun tackling this. <clears throat> you know, because you, you take these films for granted sometimes. Even the, even the, <laughs> flip it off Leatherface. <laughs> um, you know, even, even the, the, you know, all the films after the original, you don't take the, I mean, I know I don't. I don't think anybody in this room takes the original for granted, but I think you take all these uh, films after for granted, for better or for worse, they're still films, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I would say except for 3D except for 3D (laughs) fuck that movie that's not a film that's boobies it's boobies (laughs) the other films I think all have they have their strong points Mm -hmm. Um, and I think they were influential in their own way some of them were Mm -hmm. Um, so that that to me you know that's great art it's fantastic Mm -hmm. art the Mm -hmm. best two for me are the Toby Hooper ones but I like the Marcus Nispel remake quite a bit I'm I'm fucking cooked I'm injured I mean, do I think this new one's going to be great? Probably yeah. not. But am I going to see it anyway? Probably. Yeah. yeah it's 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 a rite of passage. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. Got to keep it going. All right, All right. I think that's enough. Chris, Let's wrap this yeah, shit up. Yeah. This is Chris with the movie Sleuth.com. Yeah. <laughs> 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 
Find us at www.themoviesleuth.com. Email us at chrisspoilerformoviesleuth.com. Do you think Baby Leatherface just, instead of maybe <laughs> making like Goo Goo Gaga noises, he just did like chainsaw? Like, <laughs> <laughs> no, I know what he does though. When they change his diaper, his diaper is probably made of human flesh. Ooh. Oh! With that, we're out of here. How do you poop in that? <laughs> Visit us at www.themoviesleuth.com and find The Movie Sleuth on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, and iTunes.